This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode number 103 of Go To Grandma. This episode is originally airing on July 29th, 2023 on Zoomer Radio. I'm so glad you're joining me, your go-to grandma, Kathy Buckworth, either on the radio or on the podcast. I'll take it either way. I'm not going to get too stressed about it. There's enough in this world to be stressed about right now. And if we're feeling it, you can be darn sure our kids and our grandkids are feeling it too. Which is why I'm so happy to have Lori Light from Stress-Free Kids on today's show to share some of her de-stressing methods, which not only apply to us, but to our tiny grandkids also, even little baby grandkids. As a reminder, I have three wonderful grandchildren, a three-and-a-half-year-old grandson, a two-year-old grandson, and a two-month-old granddaughter. I'm going to try some of Lori's de-stressing exercises on all three of them. Just listening to Lori's calm voice was helping me during this interview. Maybe because she's a grandma, too. There are grandmas everywhere, don't you know? And is there anything more than we love to brag about than our grandkids? Hey, I just did it two seconds ago, and I'll probably do it again in another two seconds. When Donnie Davis became a grandma 20 years ago, she wanted to brag and bond with other grandparents. When she looked around the Internet, she couldn't find anything that did that, so in pure Donnie style, she started the Gaga Sisterhood. You'll hear all about why and how they all get together and why I'm pleased to be part of this sisterhood as well. Then, is retirement all about the money? Of course, it's a large part of our retirement planning, arguably the most important part. But what else do we need to consider? Our Take 5 with RBC interview looks into that today. I'm going to dip into my retirement fund and buy myself a cup of coffee, which, yes, I know won't do anything to de-stress me. I'm not going to ask Lori about that, but I do ask her about a lot of other things, and she's up first. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you're listening to Go To Grandma. Lori Light is the founder of Stress-Free Kids, author, grandmother, registered yoga teacher, and certified social-emotional learning facilitator. Lori has created 10 books for children, a parent's guide, relaxation music tracks, guided meditation for teens, and lesson plans. Everything Lori does is to help families decrease stress, lower anxiety, and manage anger. Her sought-after practical tips provide parents, grandparents, and teachers with real-time solutions. Good morning, Lori. Thanks so much for coming on GoToGrandma. Thank you, Kathy. I am really interested in this topic. As we all are aware, the world is a lot right now. There's a lot going on. I mean, stress isn't anything new, but it seems right now we're facing a few unusual things. So I need to start at the beginning with you, Lori. How did you get into stress management for children? Well, I have my children to thank for that. Yep. (laughs) As a young mom trying to raise three children, I was experiencing a lot of stress myself, and I actually became quite ill from it. I was found myself holding my breath, I was losing weight, I couldn't think straight, I wasn't sleeping, and somebody in my family, they actually did what I call a stress intervention, and they took me to a yoga consultant, and she taught me how to do three simple techniques to start to get my stress under control, and that was breathing affirming and visualizing. And I started to apply that to my life and I immediately started to feel better. So at the time, one of my children was taking me two hours every single night to put him to sleep. 
Wow. And I would alternate with my husband because that situation was so exhausting and so challenging at the end of the day to when you're so exhausted as a parent and at the end of the day to now have to put two hours of focus attention on trying to get your child who desperately needs sleep to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So one night I wondered what would happen if my son would do the same breathing technique that I was doing for myself, if that would help him to fall asleep. And so I made up a story that incorporated the actual breathing technique. It's called belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing. And he followed along and fell asleep. Amazing. (laughs) So, yeah, it was so amazing. And the room was so quiet that my husband came down the hall and was listening in to see what was happening. And when I came out, he was like, he sat me down. He's like, Lori, you need to write that story down. That story can help thousands of kids and parents. So I did. And I got published in the traditional way. Back when we had to, there was no email. We had to mail out the manuscript and wait for a response in the mail. And I got published and it was a great moment in my life. I did the same thing. So I understand totally with the paper mailing out manuscripts, et cetera. So do you remember that? I yes, sure do. Wait for the response. <laughs> sure do. Um, it was exciting to get a letter. So you have 10 books for children and parents guide, music tracks, et cetera. So you're fully into now. You're a registered yoga teacher. You've got all the tools. So you are also, though, a grandmother, which, of course, I am, too. So how does being a grandmother offer opportunities to introduce stress management to your grandchildren? Being a grandma is such gives offers such opportunities to create these moments where you can introduce stress management, and I just love it. I feel so much more freedom than I ever felt as a parent to be able to do these things. Because the most important thing for me is being fully present. I'm able to be fully present when I'm with my grandchildren. I'm not having to get anywhere or do laundry or meet a deadline. I'm usually just there to interact with my grandchildren. So I can take moments to be really mindful or to introduce breathing techniques. Like just yesterday, there was some chaos going on. And in the middle of it, I just said, let's take a deep breath, breathe in and out. Now, my, my, one of my grandchildren is only two years old. And sometimes she will copy me and do that. Now, yesterday she didn't. But it doesn't matter. The fact that she saw grandma utilize a tool in a stressful moment to bring down the energy of the room is a gift enough. And hopefully one day she will on her own be able to implement something like taking a breath. Little things like massaging her feet. You know, how does that feel? Does that feel good? Does that help you feel relaxed? Just starting to introduce the words like relax and calm and feel good and creating that emotional intelligence and awareness about what feels good. So many. I could go on and on forever. (laughs) No, it's Um, great. Listening to music. You know, how does that music make you feel? Oh, this music makes me feel happy. And then quiet music. Does that music make you feel calm and relaxed? And it's just creating an awareness, I would say. 
Your voice is very relaxing. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm losing some of my stress right now listening to you. Um, so this is something that, that grandmas and granddads, of course, can start doing today. Do you suggest, you know, do we have to wait till the stress is being sort of expressed or should we be doing this sort of on an ongoing basis even when times are calm? Well, in fact, the best time to introduce stress management techniques is when things are calm. Um, It never works teaching a new technique in the middle of an episode or a a stressful situation. Hopefully, if you can introduce things ahead of time, then you can, with a lot of practice, it's like a muscle, so muscle memory, with a lot of practice, then you can go to those tools when they're, when they're needed. But yeah, you can start anytime. I mean, even with infants, when you hold an infant and you're doing your deep breathing, they can feel that. They can feel that breathing and they can start to recognize that breathing. So they're never too young. And there's always a moment, I mean, the simplest things, um, even if you're just looking outside and you get, you get quiet and you take a moment to breathe and then listen to the birds. So just paying attention to those little moments, you start to develop this muscle memory and this emotional intelligence. Well, I love all of this. And you do have a YouTube channel where we can see you talking about this at Stress-Free Kids. You're also, of course, on Instagram, you're on Twitter, and your website is StressFreeKids.com where you offer all kinds of tips and information. Thank you so much for this today, Laura. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Kathy. Have a great day. You too. Donnie Davis is the founder of the Gaga Sisterhood, a national membership organization for enthusiastic grandmas to connect, grow, learn, and share. She founded the organization in 2003 after witnessing the birth of her first granddaughter and going completely Gaga. Donnie hosts a bi-monthly speaker series on Zoom for grandmas from all over the U.S. Donnie is the author of When Being a Grandma Isn't So Grand, Four Keys to Love Your Grandchild's Parents. It's a practical guide for building mutually respectful relationships with your grandchild's parents and handling common grandparent challenges. Good morning, Donnie. Thanks so much for being on GoToGrandma this morning. I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad that we connected. I think we found each other somewhere in the internet world, on social media somewhere. And I'm so glad that we did because we have so much in common, beginning with the relationship with our grandchild's parents. We both really value that a lot. And I want to start there with you because you have 20 years experience as a grandma. I do. I know. I only have three and a half. So you're the pro. Why is this relationship (laughs) so important with our grandchildren's parents or our kids? Well, I always say that I think... Brand new grandmas make a big mistake in thinking that the primary relationship in their new role is with their grandchild, but it's really with the grandchild's parents because that's where it all starts. You have to build that trust and respect, and it's mutual. And I think it's a process. It's a long process, and it can start even before the grandchild is born with just talking about what are your expectations for each other. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we don't want to fall into those old traps of what happens at grandma's house stays at grandma's house. That is gone. That doesn't count anymore. Definitely. And I think really, if you have a good communication with your grandchildren's parents, then that's going to pave the road for a really smooth relationship. That's not to say that there aren't going to be times when things are going to get tense and you don't agree on things. But Just starting out with being able to be honest and say what your feelings are is 
such an important factor in the whole relationship. Absolutely. Making sure that we're all in line with, you know, parenting goals and grandparenting goals, having those conversations actually out loud, not just assuming it's going to be this terrific, intuitive thing you're both going to be able to figure out. Exactly. So once we establish a relationship, as, as and I always joke about this, that the kids hold the keys to the grandkid kingdom, right? We need to make sure that we get access to the kingdom and we are, Absolutely. right? And we're there with our with our grandkids, which is a wonderful place to be. One of the reasons you started the Gaga Sisterhood was to get grandparents together, get grandmas together. Why is that so important for grandmas to connect in a community? No matter what stage of life we're in, especially for women, I think this is true. We want to talk to other women who are going through the same stages of life. And I noticed this tremendous growth in mommy groups, but I didn't see anything for grandmas. And I thought, let's get a when I became a grandma, I wanted to talk to other grandmas because I was having such a unique experience. I wanted to find out what other grandmas were feeling, and I wanted to learn from them. So I invited all the grandmas I knew. This was back in 2003 when I first became a grandma, and we got together, and I said, I want to create a Gaga sisterhood for enthusiastic grandmas where we can talk about not only the joys that we feel, but also the challenges. And it was so fascinating because everybody was really excited to talk about their own stories. Yeah, I love how it started. And I love the way that analogy made about all the mom groups and everything, because at that time in that year, I had small children at home still. And I was one of those mom writers, mommy bloggers, whatever. And we, we had a great community. And you're right. Part of the same reason I started this radio show and podcast was to get grandmas together to talk about what we have in common and to really bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important. It's very validating when you hear someone say something they're going through and it resonates with you. Absolutely. And as I said, you've got 20 years of experience, so you've got a lot more to share than I do on this. So you wrote a book and it's called When Being a Grandma Isn't So Grand, Four Keys to Love Your Grandchild's Parents. Now, love is actually an acronym, L-O-V-E. What does that stand for, Donnie? That has served me really well over the years. So the acronym LOVE, the L stands for Learn the Parent's Language. And I think this is one of the first challenges that new grandparents experience because they see their children doing parenting methods that are so different from how we raise them. So L is Learn the Parent's Language. O is Own Your Shared Responsibilities and Your Shared Goals. So a lot of times we take just as much interest and devotion in wanting to nurture these precious grandchildren of ours that I think we want to be part of the team. And so owning that that shared purpose and letting our children know that that's what we want can help us to be part of the team, not the captain, but a team player. And then V is value the parents' hard work. And I think this is another really important thing. New parents work so hard. They're so exhausted. They try to appear confident, but I think deep down they feel a little insecure. And if, they can, if we can validate them, if we can say, oh, I love the way you cuddle the baby when she's struggling and, and having a hard time, then that validation really helps them feel better about themselves. And the last thing, this is my daughter's lesson to me over and over again, empathize. E is for empathize, empathize, empathize. It's a natural tendency to want to give advice. But what my daughter has taught me is 
to just say, oh, that must be so hard. It's really, even saying that is, it's hard for me to say that because it just doesn't feel adequate. Yeah, you want to solve it, right? I mean, we're parents, yeah. right? So we want to help our kids yeah. and we want to solve it. I love all of these points. I'm writing them down as you're speaking because especially the value, their hard work, I mean, all of them. But in terms of, you know, when we were young moms, we certainly didn't have anyone coming around with a, you know, a clipboard and saying, great job, mom, you know, check here. Mm-hmm. And so if we can be that person for our kids, it's so invaluable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I notice also that you talk a lot about sort of being on their side or on their team, but not being their captain. And that is super important as well. We're not the one in charge anymore. We are part of the team. It's our turn to watch them. And it's a fascinating experience. I liken it to being an anthropologist who's studying an, a new culture for the first time. That's how it was for me. My daughter wanted to do attachment parenting, and that was a new concept for me. So I had to really learn about it and ask her to give me some material to read so I understood it. I totally get my daughter is a big fan of and actually teaches a course on gentle parenting. So that was something that was a unique perspective for me as well. And I've learned a lot from her doing that. Tell me a little bit while we have the time here about Gaga Sisterhood, about the actual website and the community that you have. What kinds of things do you great grandmas get up over there? Well, I have a, a website with a blog post, and then I also am active on Instagram. And our group actually started meeting in December of 2003. We met in person every other month until the pandemic in wow. 2020. And then we started meeting on Zoom. The benefit of that was that I could have grandmas from all over the country. And even I had grandmas from Australia coming on the call. And I have a speaker at every meeting, and we've talked about so many different things. My mission in creating the Gaga Sisterhood was to inspire grandmas to keep growing and learning. And so I provide basically a speaker series, and that's what we do at our meetings. And then when we meet in person, we also, once or twice a year, we'll just have a get-together. I call it a, a member mixer. And I will have a set of questions, and we'll break up into small groups of three or four, and we'll go in different parts of our host's home, and we'll answer questions that are meaningful about how we feel and and what we're interested in to get to know each other. Oh, I wish you would start a Toronto chapter of this. It sounds fantastic. (laughs) And I know I'm joining you via Zoom as well, and other grandmas from, as you say, other parts of the world can join. You don't just have to be in the United States. And it's such a valuable group, and I really appreciate you doing this for all of us grandmas. And if we want more information, of course, we can go to gagasisterhood.com. We can find you on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much again for this, Donnie. I really appreciate your time, and I encourage everyone to get to the sisterhood and be a part of this great team. Thanks again. Thank you. It was wonderful to talk to you. I can't think of a better way to spend summer holidays than with children and grandchildren. Out in the parks, splashing on water pads, kicking soccer balls around, and then the daydreaming begins. Could this be how we'll be able to spend most of our time when we're no longer working? What else might we be able to do? And for those of us who are already retired, are we happy with how we're spending our time now that we're no longer working? Our guest today works with a team of advisors who help Canadians answer questions like these ahead of and in retirement. Craig Bannon is Director of Regional Financial Supporting at RBC. Good morning, Craig. Thanks so much for being part of the Take 5 with RBC interview this morning. 
Morning, Kathy. Happy to be here. So, Craig, one of the most surprising things I learned from RBC is how many hours there are to fill when we're no longer working. An estimated 2,000 hours a year. That's a lot more time to think about than simply spending our summer holidays with uh, younger family members. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we did that research a few years ago, we estimated that Canadians will have an additional about 2,000 hours on average to fill the time that they now spend working, right? So it did surprise a lot of people. And what we found most surprising, though, was that we asked working Canadians over the age of 50 what they might do with all the extra time, and nearly three-quarters really weren't sure. Um, And the majority of them, while they had done some thinking and planning around how they expect to finance their retirement, under half had thought about the lifestyle they might lead in retirement, which was interesting. And it's quite challenging to try to figure out how much money you'll need in retirement if you don't have any idea what you'll need to do or want to do and what you want to spend money on. So we do encourage Canadians to plan for their retirement by first thinking about the kind of life they want to live before discussing their finances. So that word retirement really becomes tied to the life you hope to lead rather than like tied to your money, right? Yeah, that advice makes a lot of sense to me. You're right, we focus really on this dollar amount without knowing sort of how we're going to use it or where it's going to go. So what kind of questions would you suggest we ask ourselves to help, you know, that thinking process get started? I find the most basic question really to start off with is, what do I really want to do when I retire, right? What goals do I have? And then from there, we start drilling down. And, you know, if you're part of a couple, for example, you, have you discussed each other's hopes of retirement? Or are you assuming that your partner fully agrees with what you personally want to do? You know, if you're an individual, have you thought about what will be truly important to you when you retire, right? What role will your family play? Perhaps you'll need to provide support, you know, and help to certain family members, or you might need support from them at some point. You know, do you have any legacy goals, which really might include the donation of your time or assets as gifts to your family or charities or to your community? And when it comes to your lifestyle, do you want to travel more in retirement? If so, how often and to where? And do you have hobbies you hope to begin or get back to? And how do you want to, you know, spend those winter months? Do you want to move south or do you want to take advantage of summer getaways? You know, things like that. And then what is the connection between your home and your quality of life? Right? Do you want to keep living in your current home or do you want to downsize to have less expenses and upkeep? And perhaps lastly, how could health affect your future plans? Right? Yeah, there's so many things to consider. You're right. Again, getting away from just the money that's attached to it. So what suggestions do you have to help us answer some of those questions? <laughs> I find that a great way to, to really discover what you want out of retirement is to take some time, like well ahead of your retirement, and try to try out some of the things that you have in mind. So, you know, do you want to retire in Victoria, BC? Maybe you should go spend some time there and perhaps in a non-tourist season, like in the winter, right? Do you, do you enjoy it there all year round? And, you know, maybe stay in one of the city's more residential areas and not a down, down hotel that we might do and just on a regular vacation and see what the community you're thinking about and the lifestyle are like. Or perhaps you're thinking of moving closer to downtown, be able to walk to museums, restaurants and theaters. You know, why not try renting an Airbnb in, in the downtown area for a couple of weeks and see, see what those Friday and Saturday nights are like. And you could also do a small experiment for a couple of months. Maybe try living on the amount of money you think you'll need for your lifestyle you have in mind for retirement and see if it matches your finances. And many people do find they have a renewed zest for life and a desire to gain new knowledge once they retire. What, like, what might that look like for you to kind of keep your mind sharp and, and your spirit energized? And, you know, and if you think you might want or need to work part-time in retirement or maybe you have a business you'll need to wind down, you know, to start preparing for that. Maybe take some extended vacations. Maybe identify potential successors, you know, if you have a business. But I think my number one suggestion is really to set up a financial plan for your retirement. Or if you already have one in place, then make sure you have the flexibility to adjust along the way so that it continues to match your needs. 
I find people learn a lot in the first few months after they leave work, and they may begin to you kind of see themselves and their priorities differently. So keep in mind, it can take a couple of years to really settle into that new lifestyle. And that lifestyle that works for you at the beginning of retirement might be different than the lifestyle you want maybe 20 years later. So really taking the time to plan, help ensure that you minimize any gaps between your expectations and the realities of retirement is extremely important. RBC Financial Planner, for example, can help you understand all your options and set up a financial plan that helps you ensure you don't have to make major trade-offs to enjoy the retirement lifestyle that you hope to lead. I think this is great advice. It's actually a friend of mine said to me once, retirement takes practice. And that's exactly what it sounds like you're suggesting as well, to really think about where we want to go and what we want to do and make sure our financial goals match, of course. If we want more information, we can go to rbcroyalbank.com slash retirement. Thanks so much for this today, Craig. My pleasure, Kathy. Thank you. Thanks. In times of stress, the best thing we can do for each other is to listen with our ears and our hearts and to be assured that our questions are just as important as our answers. Fred Rogers. I hope you were able to listen with both your ears and your heart to our guest today and that we answered some important questions as well. I'd like to thank Lori and Donnie for their sisterhood in the world of grandmothering. Is that a word? It is now. Next week on Go To Grandma, we get locked up as I talk to Phyllis Taylor, otherwise known as the prison lady. After being let go from her job after 30 years of working at a law firm, Phyllis was inspired to teach inmates life skills and has changed the lives of hundreds of Canadian prisoners. A unique story from an amazing grandma that you won't want to miss as we get into her book, The Prison Lady, Life Lessons from Behind Bars. Then we lock in on some research from Dr. Paula Rochon of the Women's Age Lab as she discusses gendered ageism with me. What is it and what can we do to help combat it? I am so looking forward to this discussion. RBC takes us out of the city and into the country as we look at the family farm and the implications and logistics of running a multi-generational concern. I'm concerned right now that our time is up, but have no fear. We will be here again next week. And if you miss us in the meantime... Of course, you can find Go To Grandma wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks for dropping in today. I'm Kathy Buckworth. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Instagram at Kathy Buckworth or email her Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.